0: Hello everyone, this is Peter. In today's episode, we will explore the idea of God weeping with us and through us. It's not the most common picture of God that we talk about in our churches, but I believe the kind of revival and awakening that God wants for us is one that heals our relationships and brings all things to unity under Christ. In other words, God desires Jubilee. But the journey towards Jubilee will require the church to know our God as a God who weeps. We'll explore this further today. It was December of 2000. I was attending a large Christian student conference called Urbana. One of the themes of the conference was global poverty. There were videos, large experiential displays, and a number of talks around this topic. As I took it all in over and over again, I found myself just weeping. I was gripped by images of children suffering from hunger, malnutrition, and disease. So much hopelessness and pain. In one of the evening sessions, as I sat in the large stadium weeping, somehow in my spirit I became aware of the fact that I wasn't weeping alone. God was weeping too. In fact, I felt as if God was weeping through me. It was as if God was touching my heart with His heart and the tears were just the overflow of that. I believe God was weeping with me and through me. The idea that God weeps through His people can be seen in Scripture. Some people call the prophet Jeremiah the weeping prophet. He was weeping over the destruction of Israel that was coming because of their abandonment of God. Judgment was upon them, and they would be conquered by the Babylonians. So God tells Jeremiah in chapter 7, verse 29, Cut off your hair and throw it away. Take up a lament on the barren heights, for the Lord has rejected and abandoned this generation that is under his wrath. Later on, in chapter 9, verse 1, Jeremiah cries, Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. God tells Jeremiah to mourn and weep, so he does. But not only does God tell Jeremiah to weep, later in chapter 9, verse 10, we see God himself weeping. I will weep and wail for the mountains and take up the lament concerning the desert pasture. They are desolate and untraveled, and the lowing of cattle is not heard. The birds of the air have fled, and the animals are gone. Because of Israel's sin and idolatry, their land will become desolate and life will be destroyed. Scripture says God weeps and wails over what will happen to Israel. When God commanded Jeremiah to weep, God was calling Jeremiah to do what God himself was doing. The role of a prophet is to speak the word of God for people to hear. I believe God was calling Jeremiah to shed the tears of God for people to see. If in Jeremiah we see a picture of God weeping through us, in Jesus we see a picture of God weeping with us. When Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, in John chapter 11.33 we read this, Jesus saw Mary weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. Because of this, Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He was so deeply moved that in verse 35, Scripture says that Jesus wept. The pain and suffering of his beloved people moved Jesus. He wept with them. In Romans twelve fifteen, Paul writes this to the church, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. I believe Paul writes these words straight from the heart of God. This is the way of love. This is the way of God. Paul writes this to the church because this is what God does for us. He rejoices with those who rejoice and mourns with those who mourn. The fact that God weeps with us in our pain doesn't make him weak. Weeping is not the end of the story. It simply means that God is truly present with us at every moment. When it is time to rejoice, he rejoices with us. When it is time to weep, he weeps with us. That is how intimately he walks with us. I stated at the beginning that I believe the kind of revival and awakening that God desires for us is one that bears the fruit of Jubilee. God desires for the healing and reconciliation of relationships and to bring all things to unity under Christ. In episode four of this podcast and blog, I shared that in my personal journey of healing, God opened up wounds from my past. I tried to put bandages over my past hurts and trauma and move on but God wanted to heal me. To do so, he had to remove those bandages to heal the stuff that was hiding underneath. In the same way, I believe that in our communal journey of healing as the church, in our journey for reconciliation and unity, we must go through the process where our communal wounds and trauma of our past are opened up. The bandages must be removed so that God can heal our community from within. Here, I want to share a dream I had on March 6th, 2020. I was with my two brothers in Los Angeles. We were planning a vacation to San Diego. It seemed like a great place to go for vacation. We can get some great Mexican food, enjoy hiking, and spend some time at the beach. Right before we left for the trip, my brothers turned to me and said, We aren't going to San Diego anymore. We're going to Topeka, Kansas. In my dream, I thought, Topeka, Kansas? Why are we going there? We're supposed to go to San Diego. Suddenly, in my dream, I was in Topeka, Kansas, in front of this historical monument. It was a monument that represented something very painful and difficult in black American history. As I stood in front of that monument, the spirit stirred within me, and I wept and wept. Then I woke up. When I woke up, I felt strongly that it wasn't just me weeping in the dream. That kind of weeping couldn't have originated from me. It must have been the spirit of God weeping through me. But why? Why was he weeping? I turned on my phone and looked up the history of Topeka, Kansas. What popped up was this, Brown versus Board of Education, the 1954 Supreme Court case that sought to end racial segregation at public schools originated from Topeka, Kansas. As I sat with that dream before God in prayer, I believe God was saying this to me. I have wept over the pain of the black community in their history, and I am weeping now. Through the dream, God was inviting me to allow my heart to be touched by His so that I could share in His weeping over the pain of His people. Again, Romans twelve fifteen 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. There's a time for both. Every dividing wall has pain, and every pain has a history. I believe rejoicing will come, jubilee will come, but there is also a time to mourn. We cannot get to rejoicing without first going through mourning. Another way to put this is that we cannot get to Jubilee, we cannot get to unity without first going through repentance. When the bandages are removed and the deeper pains are revealed, there will be a time for mourning. There will be a time for repentance. It will not be a forced mourning or a forced repentance, no. It will be an invitation into the heart of God who has already wept over our pain, who has already mourned over our hostility and violence we have committed against one another. He will invite us to His heart so that our hearts will be touched by His. When this happens, of course we will weep with Him. Of course we will repent. But even more, this kind of godly sorrow that leads to repentance will open the door to the possibility of greater love, the kind of love that produces the fruit of Jubilee, that will be the topic of the next few episodes, how repentance will be the door to the greater things that God desires to do for us in our time. May God touch our hearts. May we know, truly know our God who weeps with us and through us. May He heal us and heal our land. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening today. God bless.